Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Right. This is going to be fun. Up we go. Into time and space. Welcome to Time and Space, the Nerd Party's dedicated Doctor Who podcast. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her husband and co-host, Philip Gilfus. So... I know, it is a week before December, or December bouts. Post-Thanksgiving. And the Dr. Twelfth book, I believe, is at your dad's. Oh, yes. you think that's what it is? Yes. Okay. Well, I, I know what's what it is. But anyway, How so, do you know that's what it is? Because I got an Amazon notification that it was misdelivery, and I assume if there's a package at your dad's, then... Oh, okay. It's a misdelivery? Hmm. Well, it's a doctor delivery. <laughs> Mr. Doctor, if you will. That's right. So we look forward to hopefully reading that for next week. Yes, I told him we could maybe come pick it up on Wednesday, but we were really busy. Yes. So our uh, Christmas tree is up. It is, yes. As per your wants and desires, it goes up straight after Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and won't come down again until... Epiphany. Epiphany. Yes. And or Twelfth Night, possibly. Mm, Twelfth Night. Yes. So we have a TARDIS ornament, and I believe that's all the Whovian ornaments we have on there. Yes, although we do also have a phone box, so there's that. That's true. Santa is in a... Oh, and we have the um, TARDIS blue fascinator hat (laughs) that I made at the Dickens Christmas in Fayetteville. Yes, that we went to a day after Thanksgiving, which is a tradition in my hometown. Um, I don't know how old it is. I mean, it's not super old, but it's old enough. It's lots of fun. Yes. It's lots of fun. Yeah, it's mostly I uh, have a few, just a few, two to be exact, starships. One is missing. So if you see an Enterprise C ornament, it's mine and let me know. <laughs> Send it back our way. We're also missing a tree topper. Yeah. Uh, which I think is our own carelessness, but yeah, there we've you never, go. Yeah, we've had this our third Christmas with that tree or second Christmas? I think third. Third, third and yeah. And we have yet to ever get a tree topper. Yeah. So I don't know. This is the debut of our London Honeymoon Tour ornament. That's right. And the year before it is the New York one. So we are in a shopping, or we have an eye open for our next one. We've already booked our holiday, holiday trip. Yes. We are going to Charleston, South Carolina for Christmas. Yep. Because usually we try to do New Year's, but because of my work schedule, I have to work that Monday and then and Tuesday. And the off. wonky way that New Year's Eve falls. Exactly. So it's not just your work schedule, but yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go away over Christmas and uh, maybe find our next ornament. Yeah. We always, that's sort of our, our tradition we've done, I suppose. And uh, we just finished watching, well, we, we, were, we sort of binged a little bit of The 11th Doctor, his second series. Um, i trying to remember what that is. Ten? Nine? No, I can't remember off the top of my head. Seven? I can't remember. But anyway. Fun to listen to you try. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, so we finished that second half or second third, two-thirds of the, the last third of episodes. And then we queued in, because we're watching the Matt Smith Blu-ray collection, some of Doctor Who Confidential, which actually starts way at the beginning uh, with the Christmas Carol Christmas mm. special, which that was long, but in a good way. I mean, it was... In detail. Yeah, yeah. It, I expected <clears throat> then when we watched the second one for it to be as long, and I was like, oh, this is quite brief. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really quite enjoyed the uh, Christmas special confidential. Yeah. And one thing I, I, we, I remarked about was the table read. And I don't know, because in an America, the TV series, that's not common. You know, we were talking about... West Wing did it back in the day, but that's Aaron Sorkin comes from a theater tradition, so I think mm. a lot of the actors always say that Aaron Sorkin definitely pushes more of the theater approach to the TV series The West Wing, and perhaps with his other enterprises as well, his other TV shows. Um, but American TV shows, table reads are not the, the norm, and so I don't know if in Britain, you know, which obviously comes from a big theater background, whether mo- more TV shows try to do that approach. Yeah, uh, I don't I, know. Yeah, because I often see, at least Stephen Moffat, at least the clips I've seen, whether it was Matt or Peter, all, all seem to have table reads. I don't know if that was something earlier with Russell or if with Chris is still continuing that, or I don't know if that's the norm or not. Yeah. Or that was just his. Hashtag questions we have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we are more than happy to be invited to any table reads. To, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll read anything. Yeah. <laughs> I will read anything. <laughs> 
And mm-hmm. last night we got our next episode of uh, New Who, Doctor Who. That's true, yes. And so we will be talking about The Witch Finders today, Series 11, Episode 8, which premiered November 25th, 2018. And the synopsis for this one is... Team TARDIS lands in early 17th century England in the midst of a witch trial, and despite her own non-interference policy, the 13th Doctor cannot help but try and stop the killings. However, with King James growing suspicious of the Doctor and her ways, it is up to her friends to play witch finders and uncover the hidden mysteries behind the trials. It's always interesting to me after a a Doctor Who episode, because of course it plays early, at least compared to us, it plays early in Britain, and so I always have to avoid Twitter, you know, Sunday afternoon, because they've already seen it. Um, it's because, you know, it's, it's like two o'clock our time by the time they've seen it and it doesn't come until eight o'clock for us. And so I try to avoid a little, most of it other than, you know, just on Twitter, I'm going to ha- see something by accident. And usually it's like, if it's good or bad, that's usually all I'll try to see in a scan past this. Um, and then afterwards, because you, we usually watch it and then 24 hours before we record, which is what we're doing now, you know, I, I do tend to dip into the Twitter verse and see what folks have said. And again, this seems to be another episode and this is, I mean, I think this is fine, but there was sort of like, this is the greatest episode ever, or, nah, this one. And so, but I mean, there's this sort of wide variety. And so, I try not to let it color my thoughts, because I want to be like, well, what do I think? I don't want others to let me think. But, you know, all that said, what did you generally think of The Witch Finders? Yeah, I had seen a tweet before we saw the episode of somebody saying, oh my god, this is my favorite, this is my favorite, nothing's going to top this. Um, which I think colored me... Your expectations were high. Yes, my expectations were high. It was a perfectly enjoyable episode. Um, I wouldn't put it... It might make my top four, maybe, thinking about things. I mean, it was was fine. It was fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think my expectations were raised a little bit... Um, with that and I also have a particular fascination mostly with the American witch trials right. and so that's something that I find fascinating and would have liked more depth on that yeah and because I mean it's, I don't know just being American of course I mean not that I'm an expert but again familiar with the, the Salem witch, witch trials of course um, not as familiar with British witch trials which mm. I suppose I was going to say started it but anyway um so I'm trying to think what the time period would be. Similar? similar uh, very similar, yeah. yeah. King James took the throne in 1603. Well, of course, the, the pilgrims would be more interregnum, Cromwell, yes. stock, Puritans yes. and all that. Yeah. So, ish time period, maybe a little bit later, I suppose. But uh, Yeah, I w- I, genuinely, I would say around the, a similar time. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because King James takes the throne in 1603, and the Salem witch trials were in 1620. Right. So, so not dissimilar times, mm-hmm. um, but of course, so much of it was led by King James and his fascination of of witchcraft, which gives us what Shakespeare's Macbeth. Oh, okay. Which was written specifically with King James in mind, um, from the witches to Banquo's oh, that's uh, true. generation of kings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because I don't know that the. I, I mean, and it's odd because when you talk about that, not to get off on a Shakespearean tangent, but... I'm always happy to get off <laughs> on a Shakespearean tangent. Because I'm trying to think, you know, it's been a while since I've read a long, long, long time. Um, we've watched a version of it that with uh, Captain Picard, Patrick Stewart, um, or at least I watched one. It was sort of set in uh, sort of a different time period. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, so... Were you watching that with another woman? <laughs> no, we... Were you watching Shakespeare <laughs> with another woman? You were there. You just forgot. It has been recently. So maybe like six months ago or something. I think that's a big fat lie. We watched King Lear. Well, I know that's more recent. But yes. Anyway, we've Patrick Stewart Macbeth, because it's sort of set in a different time period, like a World War One kind of-ish. Anyway, but all that to say, I don't think the wishes come off Bad. In other mm. words, you know, I would think they should come off as evil or satanic or whatever. They just come off as, yeah, you know, they do what the Oracle does. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I, I don't know necessarily that Shakespeare... I, th- I think Shakespeare doesn't imbue with them with evil necessarily. I think that evil is understood, particularly in that time period. Right. Um, so. But, yeah. But they, you know, much like many of the Doctor Who episodes we watched... They are not where the real evil lies. That's right. The real evil lies in humanity. Except for this episode where the real evil lies in the tree mud. That's right. We'll get to that. But anyway, so we we started with James. So let's stick with James. Okay. So, you know, I did a little Googling. And to me it's interesting because I've seen, I saw people referring to him this way. And I, what little I know of English history or British history. I knew, but like, so I knew, like, you know, he was the, uh, the Scot, Scottish, ah, the Scottish king, mm-hmm. um, you know, and he was, you know, James the sixth, and then in England he became the English king, James the first. But then I started to see these things. He's, he's referred to as James the sixth and first, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting because I, I mean, I knew those two separate, but I didn't know that's a common thing of calling him James the sixth and first, you know, not yeah. just James the first, which I would think would be the sort of, you know, the primary title. But anyway. Except he was James the Sixth first. So to speak. <laughs> I did see what I did. There you go. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about that, but um, what did you know other than King James Bible and Shakespeare? Anything else that you sort of knew about King James going into this? Obviously, the witchcraft element a little bit. I'm not. I tend to taper off after Elizabeth first right. in terms of my British monarchy history. Although, obviously, James the First's family is based, you know, yes, Mary Queen of Scots and um, her beheading. And so he becomes King of Scotland very, very young and all of that sort of stuff. I know bits and pieces about. And they've sort of referred to that history of Mm -hmm. all of his regents dying of various circumstances, leaving to this sort of abandonment. Lonely little boy. Yeah. So, but what'd you think of Alan Cummings? I know you were excited about him. Mm. What'd you think of his performance? Because um, that's of a few minds, uh, having actually seen it. I thought he was great in the role he was given. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen more. Right. It felt written a little bit one note. Right. Uh, I didn't think that we got a chance to explore as much of his... Um, you know, again, that they talk about, you know, the regents dying on him and things like But we don't get to really sink our teeth in that. In the same way that d- we don't really get to sink our teeth into the family relationship of the... Um, oh, yes. The, the, the woman. Of, Becca. Of Becca and, and Old Mother Twiston. And the... Becca. W- oh, and um, uh, Willa. Willa. Yes. Okay. The young girl. Willa's the young girl. Becca's the villainous right. for our story, yes. for our purposes. Yes. Um, yeah, so yes. I, it, again, it felt just... So he felt a little bit underutilized. Mm-hmm. His eyelashes looked fantastic. <laughs> I couldn't help but notice them frequently. And like I say, he did great. I never doubted that Alan Cumming was going to be great. But when you have Alan Cumming on your television series, you do everything you can with Alan Cumming. And I... Not sure that happened. Well, one of the things, and again, without knowing King James, and again, you know, a British show for a British audience, I don't know what they're expecting from King James, but obviously more than what I would do. But, you know, and so I didn't really know his reputation. And so I was like, wow, he's really Alan Cummings-y. Um, you know? <laughs> There's no S. <laughs> Alan Cummings. Um, but, you know, the sort of like, oh, you know, I like to have a bit of the mask, add a little bit of drama. You know, I'm like, oh, it sounds more like Alan Cummings and King James. Yeah. But, but then... I did notice it, and and I noted it to myself. I'm like, oh, it's probably just me. He's is he coming on to Ryan when and, he calls him his <laughs> Nubian prince, and you're questioning <laughs> well, whether I, he's I, coming I, on to Ryan? And I didn't know, you know. And and then so then I was in my Wikipedia, which again, not that I'm saying that's the authoritative source, but then I'm like the chapter on King James and his, you know questionable sexuality um i was like oh i did not know about that and so all the men that that they then listed about so i was like i did not know about that so okay there you go maybe that's why was there a nubian prince amongst (laughs) the list is this also why we end up with othello for instance (laughs) well they were mostly yes yeah but but i just sort of you know again without knowing that i probably would have been like ah well maybe that's 
a bit of why you would cast Alan Cummings and yeah. James the first. Yeah. Know, what would be the thought process there? So, yeah. So uh, to me, he's a little maybe not. He wasn't overly camp, but he, a little enough where I'm like, you know, the, the casting versus the character. I was like, meh, meh, meh. But I guess it made sense, I guess. Yeah, and I think particularly with, is it Netflix that has got the um, Robert the Bruce? Oh, Outlaw King. Yes, yes. With, with Chris Pine. With Chris Pine. People say it's good. I, but, I, yeah. I don't doubt it, but I just think there are so many talented Scotsmen out there. Yeah. Let's give them an opportunity to play their own history. So I, th- I hope, anyway, that that was certainly part of the casting in that, you know, who's a fantastic Scottish actor who could also play King James and is not David Tennant because we've used him in <laughs> other episodes of Doctor Who. What, you know, or Peter Capaldi. We've used him in other sh- episodes of Doctor Who. Who else do we have? And, uh, and Alan Cumming is a fantastic, the right age, the right mentality, brilliant actor. And I guess I, I didn't get, and maybe again, I only watched the episode once. The the King James is is well, fast. also I assume Richard Madden was too young and busy doing the bodyguard. There you go, or bodyguard, uh, sorry. And the fascination with Satanism, or you know, the fascination is the wrong word, but the you know the crusade, if you will, against it. You know, where did that religious fervor, you know, come from? You know, because I. Can see, you know, Mary, the Tudor. I know where the Tudor family was religious. I know where the Stuart family comes mm. from. You know, where, why is he so. Well, and the Tudor family was so back and forth. Yeah, Catholic, obviously. Protestant. And, and I think that if I'm not mistaken, and I am correctable on this, but mm. if I'm not mistaken, the Stuarts were initially Catholic, but part of the deal Wasn't with James I was that he had to sort of. The even and maybe that's part of where this comes from. All of the uncertainty of the time, you know, there's so much bloodshed and anguish over really ultimately what are small differences, Mm -hmm. but it's the same impetus, I think, that led him to say, Okay, we're gonna redo the whole Bible. Uh And cut out bits that we don't like. Mm-hmm. That sort of need to have the religious underpinnings more stable than they had been right. in the last 50 years. And like many rulers of the time and previous, I mean, go all the way back to Constantine, you believe you know a strong religious identity helps build a strong nation. You know, if we're all on the same page, it makes us a stronger nation, stronger identity or whatever. And so, you know, Elizabeth had kind of tried that, you know, after Book of Common Prayer and everything else. And then, so now James is like, well, we're not the same Bible. We know it's an English Bible, mm-hmm. um, literally and figuratively. And then, you know, so I, I felt that. But the little bit of reading was sort of like, he sort of had a mixed record with sort of antagonizing the Catholics. So, of course, the gunpowder plot and all that. But that he sort of was like, you know, I mean, if they want to be Catholic, as long as they're quiet about it and pretend not to be, you know, that's fine. And so that was sort of, and he tried to keep out of the... uh Thirty Years' War, whatever the big religious war was, mm-hmm. he tried to keep out of that. So anyway, that's what little I know. But yeah, I think again, trying to find that stability mm-hmm. and therefore seeing evil, seeing bad things around every corner. Mm-hmm. And again, it seemed like identity because he was obviously very big on trying to create a Great Britain, mm-hmm. and you know, he was like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. So, I mean, if you think about the instability and the horrors mm-hmm. that must have surrounded him personally. Right. And so it makes it when I think when you've experienced that much trauma, mm-hmm. it's easy to see the devil in that. Mm-hmm. The devil in the details. What do you think about the sort of the doctor and the and the king, you know, when they were sort of having when she was sort of in the docks or whatever you want to call it? And having their little discussion about what, how that went. Again, I just wanted more. Mm-hmm. I felt like they could have gone deeper. They could have really sunk into that nicely. And the same thing at the end when he kills Becca. Yeah. And. I've earned a witch. I'm good. Yeah. It's like, were you not listening? And then she's <laughs> like, I'm not speaking to you. I'm really cross with you. Uh-huh. And then she's speaking with him. You know, there's no denouement, if you will. Well, I think that last act kind of suffered. Yeah, yeah. 
Again, and I've said this over and over and over again, this needed to be an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting. And again, you know, take everything that, that what it's worth. But, you know, I see sometimes like, oh, it's preachy. And I'm like, well, is it just because it's a woman? Or, you know, if it was, you know, Peter Capaldi giving a speech, is it then like, oh, it's a good speech. But if it's a woman, well, it's, and then it's yeah. preachy. And I don't think it was, uh, even, you know, trying to be value neutral. But, you know, the between the king and her, it, it was, I guess, circular. Like, he was, she was saying good stuff, and he was sort of bouncing back with his circular logic, and, like, nothing really went anywhere. And, again, it doesn't necessarily have, she have to win, you know, because it's not like she's going to cure King James. Um, but, yeah, like you said, to open up something, at least you have that positive where maybe he, she caused him to think. And I think it did show that a little bit. But, yeah, it was just sort of like him saying Satan, 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 Satan. She's like, ah, oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after that moment in the docks yeah. is when he kills the witch, yeah. quote unquote. And I, yeah, that that to me that the part of the tree at the end to skip to the end with him. It seemed rushed, and like it even seemed that there were points, or because I, I was almost and I'm having only watched it once. There was parts when they were fighting the mud people. It also seemed anticlimactic, not that it wasn't interesting, and you didn't know it was going to happen. But, like, it's almost like, you know, and they fight and they fight and they win. But there wasn't sort of, like, a big hero moment. Like, I was expecting some sort of, like, oh, looks like they're going to win. And then the doctor does something and then she won. You know, it was just sort of very straight through. There was no sort of, like, I was waiting for some sort of hero moment or some unexpected thing. And it just wasn't. Yeah. Never came. Yeah. I thought there was potential there to make that scene a little bit greater. Yes. I would agree with that. But anyway, what would you think of uh, the king with uh, his witchfinder general, Graham? I thought it was a little silly. I, I completely understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a little, it was played a little silly, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I thought. Yeah. But he got to wear this cool hat. That's true. He's a pilgrim hat. Uh, which is interesting. Perfect for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I, I never thought about it, but I mean, like, what little I knew of King James, like, I would picture King James wearing that hat. Yes, yeah. And so it was kind of weird to see it on Graham. Very Puritan. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on, it, it wasn't, just, it's, I think there must be a thing every episode to put something on um, Graham. Like it's either sunglasses, okay. women's sunglasses, yeah. or a big, big pilgrim hat, or just something that he can wear the whole episode. I like it. I so like I think it. they're just trying to haze him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, but I thought James, and this is going to go into our, our next topic here, sort of... A lot of these episodes, you know, we've had Rosa and stuff like that, where we obviously talk about uh, race and and and, and we had uh, Punjab talk about religion and all that. But for the most part, for the most, and I'm talking about Doctor Who in general, and and then the Thirteenth Doctor specifically series, you know, we try to play like we're all on the same page. But I think King James is very much like you're black, you're a woman, and you're, I'm like, oh, 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 hey, hold on, Jay, you're you're destroying everything that we try to do here, you know. <laughs> And it's like, okay. And you're Mexican? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why she was at another scene. You yeah, don't want to yeah, confuse them. Fair. But like, it's all like, you know, instead of the, instead of the, I want to talk about the doctor being a woman in case you didn't notice. But it's sort of like, you know, any other time she'd be like, yes, I'm the witch finder general. And things like, no, you're a woman. So it's obviously Graham. You must be his assistant. Well, no, her her psychic paper psychic paper changes the oh. first time when she shows it to, to Becca, Becca. That's right. It says that she's the witch finder, and then when she says the James, and yeah. then when she shows it to James, it says witch finder's general's assistant because his brain couldn't yes accept whatever yes. was on there. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, this one this is definitely I think an episode where we emphasize. I mean, I emphasize is the wrong word, but. The doctor's a woman, in case no one noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have to with this episode because the witch trials were so much about female oppression. Right. And, you know, the number of of men who were hanged for witchcraft is considerably smaller um, than got, the number of women. I don't know the British number, but like I know, was it Crucible or Salem? Or is yeah, like, in Salem, I think it was like um, two or three. Or uh, yeah, I think it was two men who were hanged. I'm not a hundred percent positive, but mm. I think it was two men who were hanged and one man who was pressed to death, not for witchcraft, but re- for refusing to enter a plea of guilty or not guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, more dogs were hanged. <laughs> they hanged three dogs and right. only two men. Right. 
Um, and no cats, and no cats, which, which is odd. that doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. So the first they tend not to hang around. They tended, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first woman hanged in Salem was Bridget Bishop, who owned a pub. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was a woman with some standing. Right. It wasn't necessarily in yeah. a Puritan world the most auspicious standing, <laughs> but it was a businesswoman. Yeah. You know, so it was about, in a lot of ways, oppression. But yeah, I think with the 13th Doctor, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, they, if they had sort of ignored it, I mean, you know, for lack of a better word. But, it's, you know, sort of have the Doctor being the Doctor, and then, you know, whatever. But, like, then with the 13th Doctor and a witch hunt story, like, well, she's probably going to be thought to be a witch. I mean, you know, it's yeah. I guess it's obvious. It's, it's a little inevitable. Yeah. But, you know, thinking about it, I don't think... That any of the other doctors could tell this story, right? I don't think that it would have worked because, like, it'd usually be the companion that gets, you know, yes. ducked yeah. or something. Yeah, but they don't have, you know, tales of Houdini and whatever to fall back on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I did think it was interesting, um, and I can't remember exactly. I think, oh, it's to follow the mud people, right? When the time comes to follow the mud people or hang around with King James, the doctor sends all of her newbie companions slash fam to follow the aliens. And mm-hmm. she stays back. Right. Which I found to be a little bit difficult to right. appreciate. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like something the doctor would do. I guess she thought maybe she could deal with him more than they could. Yeah, but then sending them to chase the aliens. <laughs> oh, that was the that was, that was the thing that felt strange to me. Was it know? was it Graham or something like? Oh, when we find them, I guess we actually don't know what to do after we found them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just seemed a strange choice that was necessary to get us to the next plot point, mm-hmm. but wasn't necessarily something that. Made sense. And then one thing, uh, there was sort of an interesting moment here with this episode. You know, we sort of get the don't interfere. And and I forget what, it was, you know, it was literally said that some point during this episode, I forget if it was early on or not, you know, and I forget whether she said don't interfere or is the gang, you know, saying, oh yeah, don't interfere. And I was, the thoughts felt to myself when I was watching it, like, she says that a lot. And I don't, I mean, come on now. And then, of course, this is the episode where she's like, she finally made it. Just you know, kidding. Yeah, during the, or the dunking, I was going to say the hanging. During the dunking, of course, a little late by the time she, you know. But, I mean, but she interferes, though, by the time she interferes, it's too late. So she really hasn't interfered. But, you know, the 13th Doctor, I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in the, this is, this series is a revival of the classic Who. Um, and, of course, classic is a broad topic, so I'll say early classic Who. You know, this is sort of like one, two, uh, classic Who. Um, with not interference. No, no, it's supposed to be one, two, buckle my shoe. <laughs> Non-interference, but of course they inevitably do. Yeah. And so I think she's sort of going old old school or OG doc. Um, <laughs> you know, and of course I, mean, I think of like, um, with the 11th Doctor with, um, oh, what's it called? The Tale Below or whatever. It's his second episode with Amy when he's like, okay, there's rules. The rules is we don't interfere. And then it's like, well, unless there's a crying child. You know, in that case, you interfere. And I think the thirteenth Doctor has sort of been like, well, you know, we don't want to, and then, you know, with the crying girl or the you know woman, and yeah, so yeah, I thought it was interesting that she finally sort of broke her rule, which of course the Doctor's always broken that rule, but you know, yeah, well, and the two places in particular that interfering is not a good idea, the Rosa Parks episode and the Punjab, um, Punjab uh, yeah. episode. Um, the consequences for interfering were very, very clear. Right. Whereas in this, eh, save a Pendle Witch. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Hmm. Pendle Witches, by the way, Philip, are the most famous witches, um, witchcraft things that happened in England, I would think. The Pendle Witches are pretty well known. Okay. Still following us around in ghost stories. Okay. I wouldn't know. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Right. And then going in a little bit into, I guess, sort of the leftover, which I suppose is the main story. But, uh, you know, you had Yaz and Willa and the old mother Twiston and Becca and the Morax. And and I didn't really follow it, I suppose. I mean, I did, but it 
didn't make sense. And again, Doctor Who doesn't have to make sense. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and this is fine. I'm not trying to insult this, but listening to another Doctor Who podcast, and they were like, oh, we're going to have to think about this one episode more. I'm like, well, if you have to think about an episode, that probably means it wasn't written very well. I mean, it's good to have themes. Like, as a playwright, I know I write stuff where I want people to leave the theater going, hmm, and then have something to talk about. But I don't want them to have to think about it for a week and be like, what was he? Maybe that was, and that was, you know. What was it about? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you want it to be a little straightforward sometimes. Yeah. Cause topics of discussion. But you want it to be straightforward enough. Yes. Yeah. Well, and again, I mean, there were just holes that we don't get to explore. We never talk about, really, Mm -hmm. the Willa, Twiston, Becca... There's never a moment where Willa, uh, where Becca's like, oh, yeah, family. Uh, there's nothing. It, like, in other words, by making them relations, you could have not made them relations, and the story would have been the same. Oh, I just called on the old woman healer yes. yeah. to help me, other than the woman who raised me. It doesn't really, either way. Yes, help. unless, you know, <clears throat> potentially, and again, 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, to have to see Becca fighting the Morax mm-hmm. within her, you know, if we could have seen some of that, some of this these moments of this is my family, this is my family, this is my family, and then the alien tamps that down and 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 comes back to it. I also don't know why she had an axe in her bedroom. Well, I, I was thinking this. Um, uh, well, I guess maybe just as her defense. But then I was wondering, well, why did the but mud... Her defense against what? The mud people coming. There was a mud person inside her. She was bugger. Oh, I know. She was trying to cut off her leg that first time. Oh, is that why? But I the, wondered about that. Yeah. You know, the old woman wouldn't do it, I guess. Yeah. So anyway. And so she just kept it around as a memento. Well, I was then wondering why the mud people went to get the axe and then get after her. Because even the doctor was like, oh, well, I guess they're not trying to get her, though. The axe is kind of a... You know what? But I guess what they were trying to get the axe so they could cut the tree down. But they didn't. But the spell had already, or the, the well, not all the way because they still had to get the king. Oh right, and was that the, the way to do it? Okay, I guess to break it even more. Okay, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it was a little fuzzy. The whole. I mean, if I, I was, I was like the other. It was this morning or something. Like, let me think logically. What the story would have actually is actually. You know, there's the mud people, and then she gets the mud in her, and then she's infected, and then she. Decides to kill witches because to distract from the fact that she's possessed and yeah it falls apart a little bit. But yeah. but I think and, and she has a lot of handkerchiefs. Yeah, um, because she's coughing up mud. But she tells the doctor she doesn't have one on her, which is a lie. Because then later on she uses it to wipe the mud out of her eyes. Mm-hmm. There were just a lot yeah. of dangly bits. <laughs> I'll be things. honest. I have there to watch it again. Dangly bits. Because I think, I think there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, this is a, a rich, obviously, it's why mm. the witch story gets told often enough. You know, it's unpleasant, of course, but it's the themes are not old; they are constant of rousing a population based on fear, uh, focusing on another. Those are all the reasons you have problems, and you know, I mean, whether it's small scale or big scale, and whether or not you stand up to. Right, because then you had the the moment with uh, Willa, mm-hmm. uh, where she sort of had to be like, "Oh, maybe she is a because you know the whole because it, it, it was interesting. It was such a small analogy. Maybe it went by, but when Yaz was talking to her, oh, I know what you're feeling. It's the same thing I felt when like the entire grade was against me in whatever grade that she was in school, which seems silly, but I mean that's the mentality. Mm-hmm. It's it's focusing a community or a classroom or whatever group. And you sort of get this mass hysteria, whether it's a whole town or whether it's a school or whether it's a office or whether it's a whatever. You know, we all wonder how could have X happened in history, whether it's something as horrible as sort of, you know, the German people with the smoke outside their city doing nothing about the, you know, the Holocaust or, or whatever. I mean, not to pick on them, but, you know, anyone in history, why did they do nothing and sort of. What the group can do. That, yeah, that sort of mass Individuals can be good, of, groups can be bad. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of, yeah, univer- a un- truth universally acknowledged. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, but it more with Becca, the fact that she was was the villain. I mean, this was the one where not only were the humans the villain, as usual, 
But there were actually alien villains this time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was sort of like, ah, oh, we're doing both this time. But again, there's no, like, there's no redemption of Becca at all. Right. Like, she was a dreadful human being before she was inhabited by mud people. Uh-huh. Um, the reason she ended up inhabited by mud people was because she was going to chop down this ancient tree. It was because in her it way. was blocking her view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now... As a wealthy landowner, I also don't understand why she felt the need to chop it down you herself. You hire someone. Absolutely, yeah. you hire someone for that sort of nonsense. But mm-hmm. never mind. Yes. Um, oh, wow. Holes. 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 Yeah. Holes. So that, that's why, like, my personal thing, it's not the greatest, but it's not the worst. I mm. mean, and again, you will watch the series again in, in Blu-ray or whatever form it'll take in five years from now. And we'll probably be like, oh, different opinions about stuff. But for now, Curb Lamb's still my lowest. This may be next to the lowest. But I'd have to think about it. Maybe the first episode, I don't know, is, is low, the, first the woman who fell to earth. You know, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, well, maybe we'll rank it when oh, we do our series yeah. overview. Yeah, we'll I rankings. think we're going to have to. Yeah. I'm going to have to really sit down and think about it. But I, th- I feel like this one had a lot of potential. Because yes. it's, it's a rich story, as we said, or, or rich thoughts, whether it's the Satanism concerns of King James, or whether it's the you know whipping up the population of Becca... Or aliens, or Willa having to make the choice mm -hmm. about community versus family versus hysteria. Um, Lots of stuff going on. The Doctor Who's experience with Houdini. That's right. So, Um, yes, I think there was an incredible, and again, ninety minutes. Yo, Chris Chibnall, just give it. Either make them two episodes long, or make them ninety minutes long. But I feel like I have said this about so many episodes (coughs) in that. It was so dense that you had to leave a lot of things out, and therefore there were holes. Yeah. Of mud. Of mud. Okay. Holes of mud. Is that a thing? Holes? Yeah. I don't think holes can be of anything, can they? Well, holes in mud? Mud holes? Mud holes, Like the one I step maybe. in coming into this house? And then bring it onto the carpet because you can't use the, the doormat? Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. This is how it all comes back to us. Yes. Well, with all that... Yes, let's jump into the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. With The Diary of River Song, Series 1, release date December 2015. Now, this one contains uh, four stories, and we have gone through... Three and a half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, you know, I mean, we, we decided We not did to, a lot of driving over Thanksgiving. Well, we also decided not to wait till we finished it. Yes. Now, you don't know this, but I'll let you know now. Um, so we're, we're halfway through the fourth... I don't know how... We may be more than halfway, three-fourths away through episode four. There's a fifth episode, which is just an hour of behind the scenes. Oh, what fun! And I know. Yay! <laughs> I know you... I, I didn't ask you this, but I could tell after the end of every episode, you're like, there's probably... There's, why isn't there behind the scenes? And I was like... Yes. And I was like, you know, this is going on. Like, how many episodes are on this thing? Because I was actually surprised there were four episodes. I thought it would maybe just be three or something, and it kept on going. I'm like, well, that's fine. But then I noticed the fifth one. I'm like, there's a fifth... I was like, oh, it's not, but behind the scenes. Yay. It's like an hour long, I'm too. I'm so excited. So, so we'll just briefly go through the synopsis, and we'll talk about what we thought. And you can decide whether we're spoilery or not mm. so the first i don't think we can be yeah. i think we have to be really careful sure and so spoilers which is ironic um so the first story is the boundless sea by jenny t colgan who has written something else that we've listened to I because i remember yes. I, I know she did because i remember at the time i went hey i've read some of her books mm-hmm. um uh, so yeah i did several sort of chick lit books in the uh, early 2000s as well so there you go i'll read the synopsis here so river song has had more than enough excitement for a while deciding the universe and her husband can look after themselves she has immersed herself in early 20th century academia absorbed in writing archaeological theses but when a mysterious tomb is found in a dry distant land excitement comes looking for river can Professor Song stop any more members of the expedition from dying what deadly secrets lie buried within the crypt and will British Consul Bertie Potts prove to be a help or a hindrance? So what did you think of this first big finish diary yes. of River Song it, series it, one story? I, th- I think, if I'm not mistaken, we finished this and I said, well, that wasn't my favorite. Right. And you responded with... It's the first one. It's the only one you've heard. Yes. And I was like, yes, I know, but it wasn't my favorite. 
Um, reminded me a little bit of the Aztec stuff from the first Doctor. I didn't find, I don't know, I wanted River to be ever so much more effervescent. Right. Um, and yeah, this was just a generally kind of strange one. Although I have to say, I really like the name Birdie. <laughs> I was also trying to figure out, and I, I don't, this is, I think, up to the audience. I mean, I'm sure there is an answer, but I'm not going to try to pin it down. But like where we are in the River Song timeline. Mm. So, because I feel she's already married. So, you know, so yeah. it has to be past a certain point. Um, but she does see, sort of seem dejected. So I'm like, at what point is she sort of retreating? You know, she's sort of uh, not not her most rivery in this first episode. Yes. But that's the point. The point is supposed to be, you know, as I read in the synopsis, she's sort of retreated for the world and is not really up for excitement or adventure. Just wants to sit and read for for a moment. So I was trying to figure out where we were then. Um, yes. But in any case, yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. Various characters and it, I, it got... Complicated might be the wrong one. Got a little complicated at the end. Mm. I, I mean, but not necessarily. But as far as who was living and who was not living and everything. Although some of that comes into play later on. Right. In later episodes. But yes, I agree. I, I felt that it got a little wonky. And are they alive or are they dead? Or Yeah. And so, but it was interesting. I mean, not the, the whole thing I think was interesting. This is, I think, our first big finished production where, or, well, I mean, I think Class was the only thing we've ever listened to. It's multi-volume. You know, the Eighth Doctor is just sort of one adventure each. Where there's sort of been this thread. So all of, all of Series 1 is connected. That's sort of a, a straight through line um, with all these stories. That, yeah, and that didn't happen with Class. Right. Class was still sort of one-shot. Yeah. Um, uh, episodic. So, yeah, so I, I guess I was a little surprised. And it took me a little... I mean, not a whole, whole long time, but to to figure out that all the threads were starting to run together. Yeah, they would just sort of drop a hint. So, like, at the end of this episode, I think it's too spoiler, she gets invited to a party, which means episode two is... The Party! I Went to a Marvelous Party by Justin Richards. Riversong always enjoys a good party, even when she's not entirely sure where or when the party is taking place. But the party she ends up at is one where not everything, or indeed everyone, is what it seems. Being River, it doesn't take her too long to go exploring, and it doesn't take her too long to get into trouble. The sort of trouble that involves manipulating other civilizations, exploitation, and of course, murder. River is confident she can find the killer, but can she identify them before anyone else, or quite possibly everyone else, gets killed? So the first one is, was your sort of Aztecian Egyptian tomb raidery thing. Mm-hmm. You know, with episode one sort of has your, it's not a mummy, but think of it as sort of your mummy. Episode, My mummy? <laughs> episode two is your murder mystery. On a cruise ship yeah, kind of so, thing. Sort yeah. of the murder on the Orient Express, which they actually make reference to in a later episode. But yeah, so what did you sort of think of this? So this introduces sort of the rulers, which will become part that we're learning more and more about. Um, these 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 uber rich folks who are manipulating worlds. Um but what do you sort of think of this murder mystery? I liked it. I liked the solution to it. Mm. I liked the fact that really, even though it's part of the thread, it totally was a standalone episode. Right. Um, except for the very, very end, which leads us into the next episode. Right. And, of course, the reappearance of a character. Mm-hmm. It really could just have stood, stood on its own. Mm. And there weren't too terribly many characters and when i'm listening sometimes yeah. i struggle with a lot of characters it basically was river there was the um Re- native reappearance of the yeah, reappearance of the other character there was the native of the planet the young girl or i assume she was young um yeah um that was she was the the murder victim's assistant for lack of a better word and then you sort of have the bad woman and, and you have the, bad the other bad guy yeah and there was i guess there was a Dead guy. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Other than maybe confusing some men, it was pretty. Yes. Recognizable. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it all flowed together. It was interesting. I got I got a little confused near the end that you had explained to me what actually had happened. Yes. So, but that may have been just me. Well, and you were driving, so yeah. you couldn't pay quite as much attention. Mm-hmm. But as you say, we then get into the very head messing up of signs by James Goss. 
River Song is on the trail of the mysterious planet-killing spore ships. Nobody knows where they come from. Nobody knows why they are here. All they do know is that wherever the spore ships appear, whole civilizations are reduced to mulch. But River has help. Her companion is a handsome, time-traveling stranger, someone with specialist knowledge of the oddities and dangers the universe has to offer. For Mr. Song has a connection to River's future, and he would never want his wife to face those perils alone. So, I mean, this isn't a spoiler. I mean, so this episode is with a person who is the doctor that we have never heard before. Yes. I think that's fair to say. Yes. Yes, which I didn't like at all. Right. (laughs) So, like, the concept or the episode or what? The episode was okay. It's just the two of them. So it's just two people this whole episode, basically, more or less. More or less, Mm -hmm. yeah. The episode was okay. It was convoluted. This, mm-hmm. I think this would have made a better visual episode because mm-hmm. it was hard sometimes. Yeah, there, to... there are these dream sequences that River is having throughout this episode. And so you, that would be a good visual. And then there are, are sort of these, not jumps in time, but you, it is sort of hard to be, you know. Yeah. The visual probably would have But helped. jumps. Yeah, and I think also because... We don't know the way it ends, Mm -hmm. obviously. There are a lot of things that are rather unpalatable through the episode. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, you're like, oh, okay. Right. Okay, I can get behind this. But initially very unpalatable. And they don't necessarily explain a whole lot of things. Like, they introduce this topic of... Um, and this might be a minor spoiler, although if you don't know anything about this, I don't think it will be. Um, they introduce this idea of cloning. Right. That just sort of comes out of thin air, right. I thought. Mm-hmm. And then which comes, seems to come important later. Or at least ties other bits of threads together. Yes, yes. But again, still seems to come out of midair. Right. Yeah, and, and I think... There's some parts of this episode that go a little long for me, or that get repetitive, I guess, might be a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just that they're drawing out the character moments with the Doctor. I'm quotation marking. Yeah. With the Doctor and River. And so, you know, if, if you don't mind a story that takes its time and let, lets it breathe, then this is a good episode. Well, and again, I think perhaps if this were a visual episode, it wouldn't have felt quite so draggy. Mm-hmm. But because it's just the two of them, and like, for instance, the scene where, well, a couple of scenes. One of them is the scene where they're talking to the Unity planet. Right. And so it's just this sort of monologue slash duologue. Yes. As they're giving this speech. And then later on, she's giving a speech to Academia that is also just this sort of monologue. And, mm-hmm. and because we're not seeing reactions from other people, we're not seeing what's happening to her. And that in that moment where she loses her cool and things like that, it's a little bit harder. Now, this is not spoilerly, or we'll try to confine the discussion here. In that dream sequence, or I mean, it's a dream sequence, I don't think it's spoilery, where she's having this academic talk. Now, I, it seems to me they're implying that the audience is the doctors. Yes. Though that's a really loud applause from 11 people. Yes. <laughs> well, I got the impression that they were at least there. Oh, okay. I thought it was just, just them. No, and I, I, I didn't think okay. that. And I just remember it had to be, it can be, can't be more than 11. Well, because I don't think she's met 12 at this point. I don't think she has. Because, I mean, of course, we know from the wives, after she meets 12, that's kind of the end for her. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so it can only be 11. So, anyway. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking Unless moving the war her doctor. timeline yeah. backwards. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she does make a reference to... Um, the bow tie. The bow tie. Yeah. yeah. I also found it really distracting that clearly they just had one or two guys who were probably in the sound booth. Yeah, there was all like, something. hello, or hi Every, every now and then they'd be like, worst game show ever. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what is happening? It just, it was a little bit discombobulating. Yeah. But so, yeah, so this, this episode will have you obviously very confused the whole time because you're like, why is there an unknown doctor this episode? And that obviously that's the whole point of the episode. I mean, that's not a spoiler. That's because that's the whole episode. 
And so if <laughs> and considering it's it's long, well, it seems long with two people and not a lot of action, you know, mm. that will leave you going like solve the damn mystery already. <laughs> yes, yes. What is what is going on? Why is there yeah. no TARDIS? Why is there no? And then we move on to the fourth episode, the rulers of the universe. And in this one, as shocking secrets are exposed and a grand plan for the universe is revealed, River decides it's time she took control of events once and for all. Out in deep space, a clandestine society faces off with an ancient and powerful alien force. But for River, there's an added complication. The eighth doctor has been caught in the middle and she must make sure her future husband can arrive at his own destiny with all his memories not to mention his lives intact now we haven't finished this one i think we have 20 minutes left yes we just got to the part where the eighth doctor showed up well not just relatively recently yeah, i don't know about that but anyway um, i know about that because they met him and then he got to the shuttle and then she talked to him and now she's talking with the doctor and they're going back and forth anyway so but i i like oh i, I mean i am a fan of the eighth doctor at this point um i i would you know if we ever do our doctor rankings again his obviously stock always rises because i i mean I've said it before if I've said it again. You know, he just has this passionate voice of, of you know, how you would describe the Eighth Doctor. I think passionate is sort of the, he just has this way of talking, uh, which obviously, you know, Paul McGann doing Big Finish, all these productions, that's what he does. So I was I was very happy to, to hear him show up and, and glad that they did that. And sort of this episode is sort of wrapping together sort of the Spore ships and the rulers and the Eighth Doctor and trying to put them all together and obviously we're going to see how it all ends up but so far how are you thinking um yeah i'm i'm glad to have a canon doctor back on board <laughs> um very very glad about that because i was just not happy in episode three right but it wasn't peter cushing it wasn't peter cushing that's true uh thank god for small miracles but yeah i i, I need to see how it ends i need to see how it ends how, how they're able to tie up all of these loose ends. So, yeah. So, we're looking forward to finishing it. So, without knowing how this one ends, of course, are you then excited to see what the Diary of River Song Series 2 is like? Yes. Yes. I, I, I still love River Song. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her best with a doctor. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah. How are you liking her on her own? Because, you know, you never know. Take a character away from the doctor. Sometimes it's not the same, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that makes River so phenomenal is her flirt. Right. Not just with the Doctor, but with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've missed some of that mm-hmm. in this. She hasn't had to use her feminine wiles on her anyone. Boom. Yeah, or even her hallucinogenic lipstick. lipstick. <laughs> um so, yeah, I, I miss that. Mm. And hopefully maybe the second season will have more of that. Sure. Well, that's about it for our review of that. And so next week we'll be talking about It Takes You Away, which I believe is the penultimate episode. It is, um, yes. Unless you're counting the New Year's episode. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they usually group those with the beginning of the next season, don't they? Mm, they do, but I don't um, know. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Penultimate regular term episode. episode. Yes. Yeah. Term time episode, if you will. Sure. So until then, if you would like to tell us about your big finish uh, recommendations or your favorite River Song moments, you can reach me at NC Public Servant on Twitter. And you can find me at One Phoenix Theater. So until next week, enjoy watching, listening, and reading about the Doctor's adventures throughout time and space. This is BBC Television.